What's up, everybody? It's your host, Jonathan Brown. Welcome to another episode of Reality Roundtable. I got a special guest with me. I got my boy from San Antonio, Trey Lynn, up-and-coming artist. Yes, sir. Hey, Trey, just tell the people a little bit about yourself. What's good? It's your boy, Trey Lynn. Uh, I represent the Hippie Collective, SA, uh, DC native, but you know, putting on for TX right now. If you need to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, it's always T. P-R-E-Y-1-E-N. Uh, it's good. And that's what's up, man. And now, my first introduction to you was through Say Cheese. When I seen Sean and them post your music. Now, what what was that yeah. like for you as an up-and-coming artist to get posted on the platform that big? Uh, that was pretty big, I'm not going to lie, because uh, it just kind of helped me get some more notoriety kind of in this area and more so probably in the South. But um, I don't know, just got more people to look at me and pay attention to what I'm doing. Cause I got, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been working on this little album I'm finna drop on Sunday for for a little minute, probably like a year, half a year at this point. But um, the time has just been really perfect. And them dropping that, it's just all playing out really well, considering I hope finna drop it. I think they going, I'm trying to do something else with them, hopefully for my next visual too. That's what's up, man. And now the song that they posted on Say Cheese was a song called Good Night. And yeah, yeah and that song, it seems like you talk like a lot about, you know, like some of the stuff that you have went through and like talking about like how you're tired of certain things. Like what what like what what um what was the concept of that song and how did that song come about? So, good night. Uh, I was at a period where I was dealing with a lot of things in my life. I was kind of, you know, depressed, and that's something I battle uh, mm-hmm. from time to from time to time. I've been doing a uh, better with it lately. Uh, with my girl and shit, but um, when I wrote good night, I was dealing with a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, life issues, relationship issues, and I didn't really know which way I wanted to go. So I just kind of wanted to get all that out on wax, you know. Mhm. And yeah, it's just—it's it, really a good intro to the rest of the project. It's—it just kind of—it per, perfectly starts everything out. Yeah, and um, with say like you say that you had uh, dealt with depression with that when you have made the recording of the song. Like, how has music been able to like be a release for you when it comes like to getting out your thoughts? Music's been a big release for me because I'm, I'm thinking even when I had, um, what was it? When I first uh, started with my debut single, uh, Puff Pass, and then I uh, dropped that little mixtape on SoundCloud. It's called um, Unexcused Absence. Um, I've always kind of used music to express myself in that way. Mm-hmm. So, like, I make feel-good music for people. But the funny thing is, generally, you know, these are sad stories for me. Like, if you go back and listen to Baggy of Weed, you know, I got a voicemail from my mom's at the end of it. And it was just on when I was on what I was on at that time period in life. And I ain't on that no more. But uh, it's just a lot of emotional shit that me putting it in the music, it helped me get over it a lot, work through it. I'm not even going to lie. Uh, the the single Unexcused Absence on your project, Unexcused Absence, that might be one of my favorite songs by you. Yeah, that's... That means a lot, cause uh, that's probably 
one of my more experimental songs. Mm-hmm. Like with that hook and everything I did with that. That was one of the ones I was kind of more afraid of. Like when I when I recorded it and put it out, I was like, I don't know if people are gonna fuck with this because it's a little uh just different. It's not like some shit you don't get from nobody else. So I always get a little nervous with those because you know, people generally want they want to listen to a clone or something. They want to listen to a clone of somebody else. So whenever I come out with something really original, it makes me nervous. But I really appreciate that you that you fucked with that one. That was a real, real record for me. Absolutely. And um in one of your past interviews, you talked, you said that you have, you make stoner vibes music. Now, yeah. when people think of like stoner music, they think of, you know, guys mainly Wiz Khalifa. Like, did you listen to Wiz Khalifa and like, does he have any like impact on the style of music that you make today? Um, Wiz Khalifa more so impacts, I guess, the way I visually like what I show to people so I just kind of I fuck with his movement and his message in terms of like legalization and stuff so I I really push for that but um in terms of like sound I never really looked to Wiz Khalifa like oh I want to sound like him or nothing it was just kind of like I respect his movement and I kind of want to like add to that but I got my own message with it you know Mm -hmm. and now you had uh and like the song Unescu- like the song Unescu's Absence, when you think about that song, you think about school. And um in in one of your previous interviews, you talked about how you went to the University of Texas, San Antonio. And um that was, and that's actually where one of your videos, Riley, was shot at. Yeah. But um say like what what was the school like what what was the school experience like for you? And like how did that have like how did that impact your music? Um, I ain't fuck with school when I was at school. Um, really, me going to school was a big um starter, I guess you could say, for like trailing and just the hippie collective in general. Like that's how I got started, really, and figured out where I wanted to go exactly with it. Cause you know everybody makes music and you gotta find your sound and shit, but like. I started to find my sound and myself while I was over there uh, going to school because, uh, you know, I wouldn't go to class and stuff. I'd be in my apartment uh, writing and I'd be hanging out with folks and they'd be doing what they was doing, you know, getting money, getting the bag. And I was looking up to them, watching what they was doing. I was like, I want want to get to the bag like they do. You know, they don't work no nine to five. They, I want to do what they do. I just want to rap on the side. So yeah, I kind of, uh, from that school experience, I learned where I fit in the world, I guess you could say. Yeah. And the, is that how the uh, song Unexcused Absence came along? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's kind of, that, that song's kind of like a message to my moms and my dad. It's like, I'm sorry for failing and I'm sorry for dropping out type shit, but like, I just don't want to do it. <laughs> hey, college is not for everybody, man. Trust me. I just got through I just graduated college. And yeah. That's an that's an accomplishment to have, man. It is, man. I ain't gonna lie, it is hard. It is hard. You really gotta be dedicated to it. But, yeah. Um, and you're like speaking of San UT San Antonio, 
and how Riley was shot there, Riley kind of switches up the sound that you usually put on, that you yeah, put does. out. And, like, there's one version on SoundCloud where it's just you. Yeah. And then on YouTube, if you look at the video, there's a version with you and Eliza 1K. Yeah. Like, what made you, like, want to switch up your sound for for that song? Um, when I first made that song, uh, me and the rest of the Hippie Collective was working on uh, THC uh, Volume 2, Matt Black. Mm-hmm. So that's the party pack, and that's the one that's kind of, um, it's just different. That whole project is just a different sound for me and for the rest of the collective. We kind of coming out with club records, some like, some of those like banger type jumps you want to ride around in the whip to, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. So I don't know, the Riley record just, I don't know. I heard that beat and I was like, I'm about to talk, I'm about to talk my shit. I just want to. I can't lie, that Riley record hard, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> that Riley record hard. I had just DM uh, Eliza today to tell her that the uh, song was hard. Yeah, yeah she's super hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I ain't know who she was, but when I heard her on that song, I'm like, yo, she goes. She running shit in SA really right now. She I don't I can't think of a female rapper that's on her status in this city. Like she really finna go up for real. Like for real, for real soon. And in one song, I don't I forgot what song it was. You said that uh I wanna I wanna do more. I wanna be an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. And uh, see, so when I heard that line, I'm like, okay, so rap's not the only lane he wants to be in. Yeah, um, I think the line I said, um, something like, I'm trying to be more, want to be an entrepreneur. They speaking stupid shit, talking, I smell the manure. I said that because um, I was in... I was in uh, business administration classes. I wanted to learn marketing so I could help market myself as an artist and market my homies that rap and shit. Because mm-hmm. uh, my main thing is I want to start a label. So that's what we working on now. That's a uh, 4EVA, that's Forever Young Entertainment. That's, that's our shit right now. So we running that, trying to get that up off the ground. But um, yeah, I made that whole line about just being in class and listening to professors and they would put shit in terms I didn't really understand. So I smell the manure, it's all bullshit. You know, mm-hmm. they, they wasn't trying to explain things in a way that I could really grasp it. So I kind of took it into my own hands to kind of learn some of that entrepreneurial shit, I guess. And uh, I, just, I don't know, yeah, I definitely want to expand more on the business end. I want to have merchandise. I want to have multiple artists in different lanes. I want. I want to control the city, control the sound. Um, yeah, but uh, so uh, like you say, you was you were sitting in business administration class, and like you, like it really wasn't like teaching you anything about being an entrepreneur. I can definitely relate because, like, I was I was in one of my classes my freshman year. It was like microeconomics, macroeconomics, whatever, and like they were taking, I was taking notes, and I had one, and I and. I, <laughs> And I went to one one meeting with a bunch of other entrepreneurs, and I decided to take this book. I decided to take my notes with me, and um, yeah. and like the stuff they were talking about did not have a thing to do with my notes. Like my notes, like my notes didn't help me at all. 
and she used to be annoying as fuck. Cause I, I, I would, uh, damn, bro, you don't even realize you just took me back. I, I used to, oh my God, I hated macroeconomics. I used to go into the back of the class, just chill up there. I remember we used to take tests and I'd, uh, I would, man, that is the first time I ever copied somebody else's whole test <laughs> and got like a worse grade than I would have got if I just did it myself. And I didn't know none of that shit. Shoot, that's actually one of the classes I skipped one time after uh, the Super Bowl three years ago. <laughs> I mean, I skipped that class all the time. Only time I went was like, if I had to, like if it was a test, I was like, all right, I'm gonna try and take this test right quick. Fail that bitch. Hey, like I said, school is not for everybody, but um, but the whole entrepreneurial thing, like, and you talk about you wanting to start a label, like, what made you like want to get into that? Um, this is a city that doesn't get a whole lot of music looks, and. Mm -hmm. You would think because of it that it's just not a whole lot of talent here, but it, that ain't the case. You know, it's a lot of artists that got a lot of skill that niggas don't really know about. And I'm trying to help develop them and I want to really uh, help get them a push. You know, I got this homie from uh, from Atlanta, his name uh, LLF Major. That nigga's mm -hmm. stupid hard and he about to come out with some more records. Uh, my nigga Johnny Shock, he one of the big reasons I wanted to, uh, you know, create a label and shit. Uh, he helped me a lot with that. Uh, I don't know, a, a lot of niggas kind of from the Hippie Collective and some folks I know from other states. Uh, Speed Racer Uno, these all niggas I want to, you know, sign to the label and get them going because they hard as fuck and I, they deserve more uh, looks than they get it. And when, like, when it comes to your rap journey, in in the interview that I referenced earlier, you said that you started rapping because you were writing poetry and you had showed it to a friend and he suggested that you started rapping. Like, what kind of confidence did that give knowing that your friend thought that your poetry was that good that you should actually put it into an art form like music? That was some really meaningful shit because truly, uh, I don't exactly remember the poem I wrote but it it was kind of like good night in the sense of I was just talking a lot about my feelings and my depression and shit like that. So when I could show somebody, you know, what I wrote out of sadness and out of depression and they, they fucking with it and that shit that they feel like can reach others, yeah, that meant a lot. Because, I mean, prior to that, I was rapping with my homies that was, uh, you know, gang ties and shit. So mm -hmm. he was out there just dissing niggas on stupid shit, dropping diss records and when I was like a sophomore. But like, I distanced myself from that because I, I thought about further on it and I was like, you know, that's not me. Like, I don't really want to, I'm not trying to just diss niggas to diss niggas. Mm -hmm. So like the music that you make now, like you can like actually look at yourself in the mirror and feel comfortable with the art that you're putting out. 100%. Um, yeah, 100%. I just feel like the music that I'm dropping now is is a release for me. It's I'm giving pieces of me, you know, Land of the Heartbroken this Sunday. That one kind of covers, you know, the subconscious that covers, you know, when you got trust issues and you go to sleep at night, you know, 
those are things that you're going to have to deal with. Those are your demons that you got to deal with. So when you go to sleep and you got those trust issues, shit, you might have dreams that somebody, you know, cheating on you, doing you wrong. And it may not even be the case. The thing is, when you got those kind of trust issues, that stuff is going to happen. So, you know, my main thing with this project, when folks listen to it, I want them to listen to it with the mindset of dream or nightmare. You know, when you listen to this whole after good night, you know, you can tell I'm going to sleep. And then definitely from the way how it ends in that video, you can see like it's fading into that dream sequence. Mm-hmm. The rest of the album, it's up to the listener. Y'all get to decide. Is it a dream? Like, is this something that's really happening on a daily basis? Or is it a nightmare? Is this something that's just a product of my subconscious and my, my trust issues? Considering that uh, we're all quarantined right now, like... Yeah. Has that given you like more time to make music and like to perfect to perfect your craft? Definitely, but I wouldn't even say to make music because I'm you know I'm constantly writing regardless of quarantine. It's just something I do daily, um, whenever I get the inspiration. But I will say this quarantine has been good in terms of planning for me. This is probably the best rollout I've ever done for a project. Um, the Riley release. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best rollout I've ever done for, for a single. Um, I don't know. Everything's shaping up really, really, really well. So, I'm glad I was able to get this interview before you know you got a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. I don't know. I've just been getting good vibes lately. This, this album I'm dropping, bro. I don't know. I feel like God's speaking to me. I, I want to take this whole far as I can I'm really feeling like I might have a classic because I, I think the first classic record in SA uh Ape Sterling got that hoe so I, I can send you the link after this bro but he got he got a hard ass joint and you don't have to hear that you don't have to check that nigga shit out uh when I send that but I'm trying to come with the second classic in SA so almost oh, definitely I'm gonna have to tap in with him man yeah it's stupid bro God, I forgot what what question. I'm, oh no! Oh yeah, that's right. Um, say like with the whole with you know everything happening, everything seems like good time right now. You know, with the whole say cheese thing, do you like? Are you more motivated now? Now that say cheese didn't put didn't put you out there. Um, I wouldn't say more motivated because that motivation always been there, but I would say I'm definitely. It's like reassurance i guess you could call it mm-hmm. it's like i know i'm on the right track i know i'm doing the right things i just got to keep going in the direction that i'm going in and everything will be all right hey like i hey the fact that you actually you know believe in yourself like do you actually do you have a support base that like is there riding with you during this whole- how you mean like the people like are there like is there like a strong base of people who like believe in you like actually rock with what you're doing Okay, yeah, it's a lot of people that fuck with me. Um, I mean, I say kind of the city of dry hating, but it's a lot of people that really do fuck with what I'm doing and fuck with my movement. Um, I do feel like I have a pretty strong support base. I used to feel like I did it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until you know we dropped some of these projects and didn't even promote them as well as we should have. And I saw the streams and I was like, oh, people are really listening to the music, like it doesn't. They're not just 
faking. It's not pretending. Like they, they really rocking with us and they really supporting us. Like regardless of whether we tell them to, they sharing the stuff. They reposting. They listening. They putting their folks onto our music. Like I just, yeah, we got a good support base here. There's a lot of people that rock with us and fuck with us and want to see more. Hey, that's what happens when you putting out good content, man. Yeah, and um, shoot, God, gotta see if there's anything else I want to ask. <laughs> and don't worry, I'm not, I'm not gonna edit, I'm not gonna edit all this. I'm gonna let everybody hear it. We raw, uncut with it. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but um, like when I look at your YouTube channel, like there's like a long gap in between where you had dropped music. Like, yeah. what, what was the point of that long gap? One, no good point behind it. Um, after I dropped Baggy Weed, I started talking with this um, label. It was a uh, real plug radio, and um, stupid. I was uh, letting them manage me and shit, and we was getting everything figured out. But you know how it works with the label? You gotta wait for your push before mm-hmm. you can drop and shit. So I was waiting on them to tell me when I could drop music. And well, nobody telling me I could drop no music and shit. It was having me work on uh, this project, but that shit hit the fan with the label when uh, truly, I don't even know what the fuck happened. I was smoking in the studio and I guess we got evicted from that studio because we wasn't supposed to be smoking in there, but I didn't know that. And like, I was smoking in there or whatever. And then people like, Blamed it on me, but I didn't know. And it was just a whole lot of bullshit, shit at the fan, whole lot of drama. And then I didn't end up dropping. And then we kind of fell out with each other because I dropped THC Volume 1 at the start of 2019. And I didn't clear that with them, but I just dropped it because I was like, damn, like y'all are not letting me drop no music. And I'm fucking around losing fans and shit like that. So we dropped that and then that kind of revived me and got me going back. And then I came back with Indica. But by the time I dropped Indica, it had been like a year after I had dropped any solo music, period. Yeah, hey, you took control and you put things into your own hands. That's what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, shit, I think about it. Even after Indica, I took a decent break just because of the collective and I wanted to get everybody time to get projects out. And we was also working on Matt Black. We were supposed to be touring too. That hit the fan. It was a lot of shit that hit the fan that stopped me from dropping music. But yeah, I'm glad that I'm back on track and at a point where I feel like I can do that. So like with that whole situation that just ha- that had happened with the situation that you just described, does that make you like look at labels different? Um, it makes me more hesitant. Not hesitant. That's not the right term, but more cautious. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a label I'm talking with right now. I'm really fucking with them. So I, I'm not going to speak on it right now or say any names. Yeah, please but, don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I ain't going to say no names or nothing. I'm not trying to fuck up my bag, but, um, it's a label I'm fucking with now that I'm fucking with. And um, the only thing, uh, it's just a little, I'd be a little hesitant now because of the shit that I've seen. 
certain things make me a little nervous, but I've been trusting uh, the folks that you plan on signing with and getting to know them and getting to know what they, you know, want to do, where they want to move, what direction they want to go, and seeing that that lines up with you. But I'm thinking right now, at least, this label that's looking right now, it looks like we line up, so. My thing, my thing with that is, like, hope, I hope you do, like, if you do feel like signing, I hope you do sign with a good label. I just want you to sign a good deal. Most definitely. I Most really definitely. want you to sign a good deal, and I want you to sign a deal to where you can drive music when you feel good about it. And, yeah. the fa- and I want you to have it to where you own your own music. Yeah. See, that's a big thing right now. Uh, because of the Hippie Collective and because I have an in-house producer, I do have the luxury of owning all my own music right now. So uh, that, that's big. That's important to me. Um, I'm hoping, like you said, that when I do, when time does come for me to, you know, put pen to paper, I am able to continue to be creative the, the way that I want to be. Now, are there any other future plans that you can speak of right now, or are you just trying to keep everything under wraps until you just roll it out? Anything. Um, I got yeah I'll speak on this um, so the project drops on Sunday of course um, so y'all listen to that keep that after that I got another single um, from the project that I'm going to drop a video with I want y'all to keep in mind, this whole thing is a movie. You know, it's all a storyline from Good Night to the last song, uh, Good Morning. It's all a storyline. It's all that dream, nightmare, whatever you y'all think. Y'all decide. Is it a dream? Is it a nightmare? Y'all get to pick. But, yeah, I'm about to shoot my next video for that. Um, I'm actually about to recruit the actors and actresses I'm going to need for that. It's going to be a movie for real. This is probably going to be um, – the least performance shots I've ever done in a music video. I don't think this music video is gonna rely on me too much rapping to the camera as much as it's gonna be like, just like watching the story play out. The way you talked, you just talked about your music video. It seems like you're you're a type of person who's very like keen on details, on the things that you try to put your imprint on. Will I be correct in that assessment? Yeah, uh, all of my music videos, I want to be like a movie. Because, like, even later in my career, I want to make TV shows and movies and shit, too. But, um, like, if you look at the video for Rib, beginning of that, how I was acting and stuff, like, it's a storyline behind that uh, song. And then looking at Goodnight is obviously a storyline behind that one. I'm just, I am very big on those details, like, when I'm going to sleep and it's like fading in and then we're outside and it's showing that dream sequence as I'm like falling into, uh, you know, that dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really big on those details. All those little, uh, all those little pieces that make it into what it is. Yeah, those are huge. And speaking of rib, it's funny that you bring that up. Before I was watching the interview that I was watching, I was actually watching Riv. What's up? I was actually watching that video Riv that you were speaking of before. Oh, I was oh. 
Oh, that's live. Yeah, and in the song "Rib," like there's a cutoff point, and then like towards like the very end, it's almost like there's like a whole new song. Yeah, that's voodoo. So that's, a, that's another song. It's called a uh, voodoo. If you look on Apple Music, Spotify, I have this. Um, it's called a single, but it's really a two pack. It's called um, Love. It's got mm-hmm. rib on it and voodoo. So that's where y'all can get the full version of both songs. Because um, even in the video, that version of Rib is only the first half of it. And that version of Voodoo is the second half of it. So, yeah. That's an interesting concept. I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. I just did it because I was like, this is part. I don't want to explain it. If y'all, if, if you look back at it and you, you know, you hear both songs, you'll kind of get where I'm going in terms of storyline with it. But it's a movie, man. So it, I leave a lot to interpretation. Hey, man. All, all I got to say is I appreciate you for coming on the show today, man. Appreciate wow. you for allowing me to interview you. And this has been another episode of Reality Roundtable. I'm your host, Jonathan Brown, and I'll see y'all later. Hey, man, it's been real. It's probably... It's probably like the best, it's probably the best interview I've done yet. Just the, the amount of like depth you went into in your questions and shit. I could tell you really researched. I appreciate that a lot, man. Like, what's up? I, I look forward to coming back up here uh, sometime soon, even in the future, man. When I'm big and I'm up there, I'm gonna be here. I fuck hey, with you. Hey, bro, like, like you do, man, I take my craft very seriously. I appreciate that. I'm not going to come up here and BS you, man, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, do do like, you know, some half some half-ass job at it. like if I'm if I want to interview somebody, like if I don't really know them well, I'm going to study yeah. and try to, you know, yeah. like put on a good performance. But like but there are yeah. some there are some people who I don't have to study as much. Like I already mm-hmm. know it, so I can just go in and just flow, but with you I wasn't that familiar with you, so I was going to go do my research. And, you know, I'm happy that, you know, you were satisfied with this interview. Yeah, no doubt. And just know, know, I'm going to tap in again now. I'm going to be looking for your project Sunday, too. I expect heat. Oh, no doubt, man. I I really think this is going to be the – it's a classic. I think it's going to be the next classic out of SA. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you for joining me, everybody. Peace. No doubt, man. Peace.